Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight for the anointing that's in this place, God. We lift up all the practice that's going on upstairs and ask you, God, to bless each and every one with your strength, God. We declare, God, no sickness and no disease over our people this week, God. And God will enter this Christmas production weekend, Father, uh, um, full of health and full of the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I ask you to favor every one of our families. Favor them as they go out of the highways and the byways, compelling people to come. God, that your house would be full of people that don't know you, full of people that have never heard the good news, God. That all of heaven would rejoice over the saving of many. And God, thank you now as we open up your word. Father, we open up our hearts to you. And we ask you to teach us the word. Father, help us, God, to overcome the traditions of men that we might know you and the power of your resurrection. So, Father, open up the eyes of our understanding tonight. And God will always be careful to give you all the glory and the praise. For it is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. And everyone say amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> Hallelujah. As I was praying, um, I began to meditate upon a verse that I shared last Sunday um, when we began uh, this message on love. And um, I started in Hebrews, so we're going to go to Hebrews 11 tonight. And, um, or, and, but I'm going to start in the 10th chapter. And I quoted some of the 10th chapter, but then I went back and I, I looked at it out of the Passion Translation. Uh, let me say this to all of you tonight. Um, I, I, read, I read different translations not to satisfy my flesh, but to try to pull out the best interpretation of what I want to see, what God is trying to show me from then. There are some translations, you know, for certain scriptures that aren't any good. I just throw them out. But then there's some that really, the King James, I cut my teeth on the King James because that's all we had. Actually, we had King James, well, there was more than that. Back then, there was the uh, Amplified. There might have been the NIV back then. There was some, but I learned of the King James Version, um, and then uh, and out of the Amplified, basically, those were the two. Now, through the years of just having fun, because of the computer age, we're able to instantly grab. You just have to carry around my big Strong's Concordance. You know, that thing was a pain in the booty, you know? And, and, um, and, and now you just the click of a button. You can, it's really fun to see the different translations. But the title of this message tonight is, Your Faith is Activated. Listen, your faith is activated by the power of agreement. And we're going to see how powerful agreement is tonight, okay? There's a reason why Satan attacks relationships, because he doesn't want you in agreement. He wants you divided. He wants you divided. He doesn't want you united, okay? So we'll see this from the Word. So let's go ahead. Hebrews 10, this is on the screen. Verse 32, don't you remember those days right after the light shined in your hearts? You endured a great marathon season of suffering hardships, yet you stood your ground. And at times you were publicly and shamefully mistreated, being persecuted for your faith. Then at other times you stood side by side with those uh, who preach the message of hope. You sympathized with those in prison and when all your belongings were confiscated, you accepted that violation with joy. This is the first generation church, remember. 
Somebody has to pay the price. And their lives are so drastically changed from being delivered from Judaism and the, and, the, and, and the dead works of the law. They found this new relationship with Jesus Christ. And because of that dynamic intervention in their lives, they were willing to give up everything, let everything go because of that divine experience. So this is what Paul is talking or who I'm just whatever. I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. You can if you think. You know, Jimmy did, that's fine. I think Paul wrote Hebrews, okay? So I just simply say that, okay? But the Holy Ghost wrote it. Let's go on. And you sympathize with those in prison. And when all your belongings were confiscated, you accepted that violation with joy, convinced that you possess a treasure growing in heaven that could never be taken from you. So don't lose your bold and courageous faith for you are destined for a great reward. Can everybody say, thank you, Lord? You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will. And then you receive the promise in full. So we know that Paul or the Holy Spirit was talking about future rewards. That he was talking about eternal rewards. He wasn't talking about a new Cadillac or, a, you know, or some temporal thing. He was talking about what we are going to receive as we stay faithful to God in, on this journey through this world. Okay, so let's go on. You need strength, <clears throat> the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will, and then you receive the promise in full. Verse 37, four. Soon, very soon, the one who is appearing will come and without delay, will come without delay. And he also says, my righteous ones will live from my faith. But if, you, but if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. But we are certainly not of those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Say that out loud. We are among the ones who have faith and experience true life. Say it again. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? That's what he's saying there. Okay. Now, again... Now we're going to flow right into chapter 11, even though when this was written, this was a letter. There were no chapters and verses. So the thought, let's continue with the thought he just shared there. Verse, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, or you can say this, in the midst of your great hardship and suffering, your faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is the King James, the evidence of things not seen. And every one of us can agree that it's easy to believe God when things are going well. But it's another thing to trust God when all hell is coming against you. And you're, and you're, and you're, you're hurting. You know, in these days, it all had to do with the adversity they were facing because they rejected Judaism for a new Savior. How many are glad you got the new Savior tonight and not bound by religion? Okay? And so this was what they were dealing with. So... It's another thing to trust God when you're facing storms. Listen, but that's when faith counts. That's when faith is working. Now, I gave you this definition. You can put it up there again. Faith is what? It's trusting God that he will perform what he's promised in his word when everything around you says otherwise. Okay? In Jeremiah 1.12, God said this. I am alert and active watching over my word to perform it. Amen. Okay, now let's get to verse 6 of Hebrews 11. I'll quote the verse and we'll go and see what it means. Uh, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's God. For he that comes to God must believe that God is, that is what? That he is what you're coming to him for. 
and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. When I read that, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, look at the word please. Now, faith is, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I looked up that word in the Greek, and that word in the Greek means to be in full agreement with God. That sounds good, doesn't it? It means to be in full agreement with God. So we can read it this way. But without faith, it's impossible to be in full agreement with God. For he that comes to God, comes to God must believe what? That he's watching over his word to perform it. You have to believe that God is true to his word. Raise your hand if you choose to believe that God is true to his word. Amen. He is true to his word. What does that mean? Well, he promised to take care of you, provide for you, guide you, protect you. How many believe that he'll be faithful to his word? Amen. As long as you are united in full agreement with what his word says. Now, we're going to look at an example tonight uh, regarding uh, those who are in full agreement with God and the rewards they reaped from it, okay? Now, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they agreed? The New Living Translation says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Of course, the answer is no. So what does someone, what does someone in full agreement with God look like? Well, we're going to go on a journey just real quick, and, and, then, and then we'll see an example. God... I'm upstairs thinking about, I talk to so many, when I preach, there's so many new people that come to church and they don't even know when you mention the children of Israel, who in the world are they? You know, you mention Abraham, who is he? You know, so, you know, so it's really a challenge sometimes, you know, when you teach, because sometimes I don't want to be sharing things that people don't understand. Real quick, Abraham, God made a covenant with Abraham and told Abraham that if he would believe in him and obey him, that he would bless him and make him a father of a multitude. And, and at that time, Abraham was 75 years old. By the time it came to fruition, which was 25 years later, Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. And they had the promised child named Isaac. Out of Isaac came the uh, uh, out of Isaac in his family, it began to grow and grow into a nation which is called the children of Israel. Now they're God's people, okay? In the Old Testament, God had a people that he wanted to use to show all the other nations that he was the only true and living God because all the nations around them were serving idols. You get my drift? God loved all the nations. God so loved the world as much then as he did when Jesus spoke it in John three sixteen. And so he chose a people that he could work through and show his glory in so that all the, all the other nations would be jealous to know that the Israel was the only, only nation that knew the true and living God. <clears throat> Not good? All right, so anyway, <clears throat> all right. So now, because of rebellion, the children of Israel fell under the dictatorship of the Pharaoh. So they spent 430 years in bondage, slavery. It was horrific. And it wasn't so bad until Joseph died. When Joseph died and, and um, um, the Pharaoh, um, when Joseph died, the Pharaoh forgot, uh, you know, about Pharaoh. And so the, the um, suffering of Israel intensified. So one day, the Bible says that God heard the cry of his people's affliction, and he sent, he sent them a man by the name of Moses. Moses, of course, was raised for 40 years under the Pharaoh, 
And then one day he killed an Egyptian. He had no idea why he did it. And he, uh, two, uh, uh, two Egyptians were picking on an Israelite. And, 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 he, and Moses killed an Egyptian and he fled. And so 40 years he lived on the backside of a mountain as a shepherd thinking that, didn't understand, but simply thinking that whatever God had him to do, he had missed God. And so therefore, he was simply satisfied to get married, you know, have children, and uh, raise sheep. But God had a calling for him, and that was to be the type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ and be a deliverer to the children of Israel. So he went into the Pharaoh, and he, told, and he said, let my people go. And you got to read the story. It's in Exodus 12. It's inspiring. But my point in bringing all that up is that, that God, God, to bring the children of Israel out of slavery, he manifested 10 supernatural, spectacular miracles. Nothing ever seen like it before or nothing after, okay? So why did he do it? Because Egypt had 10 specific gods or idols that they worship. And for every, for every a miracle, it was a judgment upon those gods to let Egypt know that there was only one true and living God. And amen. I said amen. So finally, praise God, he, um, uh, he brought them out. Oh, I wrote this down. So why such a supernatural display at that time? Listen, this is good. God did it for two reasons. This is the Holy Spirit said this to me. I wrote it down. He did it for two reasons. He did it to show, uh, to, to, uh, to uh, resurrect the name of Jehovah because they had forgotten about him. You know, after 30 years, people forget about God. This was 430 years. And so he wanted to resurrect his name, the name of Jehovah, to let the people know that he alone was God. And number two, to help them remain in faith till they reach their promised land. Amen. God knew their journey would not be easy. He knew that. And um, uh, just as he knows yours isn't. And he wanted them to have a vision of his power for the impossibilities that were ahead of them, okay? Now, back to Hebrews 11.1, 1, and we're going to read out of the Passion Bible, and then we'll get into this story more. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It, faith, is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Watch this. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke in the invisible realm, gave birth to the, all that is seen. And I tell people all the time, you weren't there when God created the heavens and the earth. You weren't there. But you can see it now through the eye of faith. You weren't there when Jesus died and rose from the dead. But you believe it, you see it through the eye of faith. Come on, everyone. Amen. Every promise that God gave in his word, you hold on to it with, with your faith. You see it is done. And when you're sick, you hold on to the fact that Jesus took infirmities and warrior sicknesses and you see yourself well. And then you just proclaim that. Say, Father, thank you. I walk in your health. No matter what my body says, my faith is joining up. I'm in agreement with you that your word is working mightily in me. Say amen to that. Whatever it is that you're in need of. But without faith, it's impossible to be in full agreement with God. So how important is being in full agreement with God? Two verses, and then we'll go back to this story. Matthew 18, here's what Jesus said. Again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something, 
in a symphony of prayer. This is the Passion Bible. My Heavenly Father will do it for you. Did you catch that? Let me read it again. Are you all sleeping out there tonight? Listen to this. I give you an eternal truth, Jesus said. If two of you agree, if two of you agree, that's why there's so much attack on relationships. It's disagree. Disagree. No, God said agree. If two of you shall agree to ask God for anything or something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them to bring it to pass. Message Bible. Take this seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. And a no on earth is a no in heaven. What does that mean? Yes, God, I trust you with my life. And no, I won't question the validity of your, the validity of your word. Say God's word is true. Word. Amen. So Jesus continues. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my father in heaven goes into action. <laughs> Isn't that good? My father in heaven, he goes into action. Amen. I love that. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I will be there. Be there to see it through. All right. Now, now we're going to go to the story in Numbers 13. Now, in Numbers 13, we now know that God through Moses, successfully brought the children of Israel out of bondage. And now they are, they are at the border of Israel. They're at the border of the land of Canaan. I thought about that. I thought about the border up here on the interstate 90, the border of Iowa, or South Dakota and Minnesota. Or you go on Highway 9, the border of South Dakota and Iowa. Right? There's the border. That's how close they were to the promised land. And so God brought them out successfully. Raise your hand if God brought you out of the world successfully. Amen, he sure did. And brought you into his kingdom. Hallelujah. And um, I wrote this down because I thought it was good. Can you imagine at that point how excited the children of Israel were? How they've been told that there's a land flowing with milk and honey. And, and I, there can't, I can't imagine that it's just a few miles away. I mean, they can, they can just reach out and touch it, but they're not there yet. And then the Bible says that God, and, and the, I'll go there, and, and I'm, I, will, I may read, I may skip some verses for the sake of time. But in um, Numbers, the 13th chapter, if you want to go there, that's kind of cool. Say, praise the Lord. And in the 13th chapter, we find out in the first verse that God tells Moses, send in 12 leaders, one leader from every tribe. Say leader. leader. That simply means leaders have influence. He, he didn't send out some losers. He sent out, well, they were losers, actually, but they were leaders. And, um, and, and one from every tribe. There were 12 tribes. He said, I want you to go out. I want you to go and search the land. And I want you to um, search it and bring back a report. Now, it's interesting, for the sake of time, the word search, it's, it's the word uh, renacontria. And it, we get the English word renaissance. The word search means to inspect, observe, and survey in order to gain insight for a military strike. That's why he sent them in. He didn't send them in to bring back any report, but a military report. 
okay, there's so many people here. And as we find out and go on, you're going to find out there were Hittites, there were Amalekites, there were Jebusites, there were Amorites, there were Canaanites. There, I mean, the whole country was filled with enemy. And I thought, that's the way it is in your life. I've seen this so many times in our lives where people get saved, including me. I got so saved. I was so excited. I was so on fire for God, not knowing that my life was surrounded by spiritual enemies. And that all hell would come against my testimony. But all hell would come against my faith. All hell would come against my commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. All hell would come against my family. I'm serious. I didn't realize that I was surrounded by enemies. So I want you to know tonight, you're surrounded by enemies. I want you to know that. But you got God on your side. Hallelujah. Just want you to know that. So you understand both of them. Okay? And so, in verse, uh, okay, so they came back with a good report. And they said, surely, verse 27, the land flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. And so they had the evidence. Here it is. This is what God's, this, God said it would be this way. Here it is. We have the evidence. Say, I have the evidence. See, your evidence is God's word. Your evidence is found in Psalms. Your evidence is found in Proverbs. Your evidence is found in the Gospels. Come on. Your evidence is found in the letters Paul wrote. That's your evidence. So, they have the proof in front of them. Verse 28, verse 28 nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, for God's people became never the more. If they just would have shut up, but they said nevertheless, and that became never the more for them. They said, nevertheless, the people be strong. When I read that, immediately I thought of this. Well, who was the strongest person at that time in all of the world? Does anybody know? Pharaoh. And yet, when it came face to face with God, he crumbled like a cheap suit. He submitted himself to God. Hallelujah. The strongest man in the world submitted himself to God. See, today we've got a lot of leaders and stuff. They think they're big time. Just one moment with God will bring them down. Will bring them down. We have so many people today struggling for power. It's kind of like, you know, I was thinking about all the political realm. You know, everybody's believing for a red wave like I was, you know, and you were. But, you know, it didn't happen. But that didn't change God's promises one bit. Did you hear me? It didn't change God's word one bit. It didn't weaken anything about what God's plans and purposes are in the earth. And that is to save people from their sins. I just want to encourage you in that. Nevertheless, the people be strong. The people be strong. And so they went out to give this evil report how that they were surrounded by Amorites, the Hittites, the Canaanites, and all the other ites. And, and so that was, an, that was right there at that moment, that was an evil report, creating fear in the hearts of the people. But look at verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people. I love this part. He stilled the people. Why? Because everybody's wishing, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? There wasn't a red wave. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, I thought for sure we were going to do. Caleb said, shh, shut up. 
could you just shut up for a moment? I have something to say. And God and, and Caleb stilled the people. He had something to say. Now we're about to witness someone who's in full agreement with God. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we, that's God with us, are well able to overcome it. And God at that point recognized that this was a good report. Why? Because it was full of faith. It was full of faith. No, no, no. Let's go not right now. Let's just go right now. This is nothing. I mean, who cares? Who cares? And just remember what, what God did to the Pharaoh. Who cares about the giants? Or the Jets or the Cowboys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Caleb and Joshua, see, they had the faith of God. But the other men, verse 31, that went up with them said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And verse 32 says that they brought back an evil report and what was it? Their evil report was full of unbelief. It so reminded me, and I'm just, don't get offended. I get so tired of people getting offended. Just, but it reminded me of the COVID spread. It, it was such, it was so full and filled with fear that it, I mean, I was so disappointed in the reaction and the response of God's people overall. I mean, they just were obsessed. My God, we're going to, well, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. What is going to come next that you're going to be shaken off the foundation of your faith? Or are you going to get established on the word of God and say, it doesn't matter what comes. God's going to take care of me. And if I die, I die. I mean, just saying are we, are we more in love with this world? I mean, are we so in love with this world that we're, we're afraid that we're going to lose out on something? Mark Painter's here today. I called him today and just prayed with him and stuff. Why? Because he lost half of his life. Tammy went home to be with the Lord. But I guarantee you, Mark, she wouldn't want to come back here for nothing because she's free. And every one of us are looking forward to that freedom. But we have got to be people of faith. People that stand on God's word. Trust God with our lives. Trust God with our provision. I had to get back to this because I got a couple more things I want to say before we close. We saw the giants. Now, okay, the Lord said this to me years ago. I'll just say this. They brought back I wish I had, sometimes I, I wish I had props. They brought back these grapes. It took two men to carry them because they were so massive. I mean, grapes, are, I mean, we have grapes today. I'm sure these grapes are the size of apples, you know, just massive. And they were so excited. So they had the proof right there. What the proof they didn't have, the proof they didn't have was that there's giants in the land. They had no proof of it, just somebody's word. There's COVID in the land. Ah! And all we had was the proof of some people who wanted to propagate fear. Not that it wasn't real, not that people died, but people are dying every day of something. 
Not that we should take anything lightly, but you can't get subjected to so much fear that you literally go hide in a cave with your Campbell soup. So the Bible says in Hebrews 3.19, they could not enter into God's abundant provision because of unbelief. Unbelief ushered in the spirit of fear and fear paralyzed them from moving forward. Our word, no, Numbers 14, look at here on the screen. Four, verse one. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. They're, one moment they're rejoicing and the next moment because they believed an evil report Everything, every kind of hope was stripped out of their hearts. They wept. That's what the King James says. They wept all night. Their voices rose in great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off into plunder. Look at, they're speaking. They're speaking the very things they would never want. Why is the Lord taking us to, uh, to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? They plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. My, we've been here, we've been here, it'll be 42 years next year. All through the years, it's so sad when you people say, we're going to go find a new leader. And that's, I mean, I understand why? Because you're following a, a leader that's just as frail and as weak as you are. But I surely want to honor and please God. I want to be in full agreement with my Lord. So our word's powerful. Look at Numbers 14, verse 26. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this evil congregation murmur against me? I've heard the complaints the Israelites murmur against me. Tell them as I live, says the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do it to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness of all, of, of all who were numbered of you from 20 years old and upward who have murmured against me. Surely none shall come into the land except for Caleb and Joshua. Murmuring, complaining. It grieves the heart of God. And this all could have been avoided if they'd have just stayed fully in agreement with what God promised. As long as we're in this world, we will always be surrounded by evil reports. Yet there's only one report we're commissioned to hold on to. And that's the, that's the good report of God's loving kindness and tender mercies. The good report of his unfailing love. The good report of his faithfulness. The good report of his presence, his protection, and his provision. That's what to hold on to. Then he'll take care of the giants. <laughs> Our part is to stop murmuring and complaining. Can anybody relate to murmuring and complaining? God doesn't want that. All right, let's go to Hebrews 3, and we're going to close here tonight. Is this helping you at all? Am I making any sense at all? Just want us to understand the journey we're on. Oh, yes, I was just like you. When I was young, I would want to use my faith for things, you know. But when you get to be 72 years old, you, you, all of a sudden you wake up and you realize all these things, all these things we run after have such little value and compared to having a rich relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Now in Hebrews, the third chapter, I thought this is interesting. This obviously, this, 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 this story of them in the wilderness and getting to the promised land and not entering in, it was pretty serious, listen, for God to include it in the New Testament with a warning to the New Testament church. And here it is in Hebrews, the third chapter. All right. Now, before we go to Hebrews 3, let me read Hebrews 1, just to show you the connection now. Hebrews 1, okay? Hebrews, if you want to go there, it's King James, for all you King Jamalites. Hebrews 1, verse 1. Excuse me. God, who at sundry times and a diver's manner spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, okay? So, whatever he wanted to say to God's people, he would say it through the prophets, okay? Now, watch this. Um, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person I want you to catch this now a lot of times I say things and I don't mean to hurt anybody I don't mean but I want you to learn I want you to learn just like I shared that scripture last Sunday this past Sunday from the Old Testament uh, how that um, uh, uh, according, uh, they would, if, if a son rebelled against his mother, you bring him before, uh, you bring them before the Sanhedrin and they will judge him and they will stone him to death. Does anybody here have kids? Would you want that for any of your children? I don't care what they did. I wouldn't want that for any of our children. My point in bringing that up is that we have to understand God. We have to look to Jesus, who is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of, uh, of God himself, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. We have to understand, to know God, you have to know his son. And not derive your perspective of God from just the Old Testament, or you're going to get messed up like the Israelites did. We are not Israelites. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Praise God we don't have to have a circumcision service tonight. Get the blades out. Praise God we didn't have to bring a goat here tonight. No, I'm serious about all this. We have to. We have to. Learn how to divide the word of God accurately. Otherwise, you will get your whole, your whole doctrine messed up. Because it'll be muddied up by trying to mix both the old and the new together as far as your redemption. So let's read Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3 verse 1. This is the New King, New King James Version. Hallelujah. We're getting close. Therefore, holy brethren and, and sisters, he's writing to the church, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, that word in the Greek means fully observe, or be in full agreement with, the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Watch this. Who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. So what is the main subject of this, these two verses? Say Faithfulness. We meant faithfulness. Say it again. Faithful. Say it again. Faithful. Yeah, that, this is what it is. Faithfulness, okay? Uh, Jesus was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy. That's Jesus. Been counted more worthy, uh, worthy of more glory than Moses. And as much as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone. 
See, you are the house of God. Do you understand that? How many understand that you're the house of God? God lives on the inside of you. Okay? And he lives inside of you by the presence of his Holy Spirit. I believe this with all my heart. You can believe what you want. But when I come before God, I've said it so many times, I focus, I believe with all my heart that the Father is in heaven. I, 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 I can't see him. I know he's seated on the throne. And I know with all my heart that Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, is seated at God's right hand in a glorified body like as ours. And he's there as the high priest of our confession. He's there representing us as the mediator. Hallelujah. Amen. And then by, because of the Trinity, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Please get that in your consciousness. Get that inside of you. So, because if you do, you will watch how you live. You'll watch how you talk. You'll watch how you think. You'll watch how you act. Because you've got a living person on the inside of you that can get easily grieved. This is what he's talking about. Let's go on. And Moses indeed was faithful, verse 5, in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken after. After what? After Christ's death and resurrection. Okay? But Christ, as a son, and I added this because he's talking about faithfulness, okay? So Christ, as a son, is faithful over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. End of what? Our spiritual race. See, again, the children of Israel had a, not so long, they had 11-day journey to the promised land. We have a longer journey. Our journey, whatever, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, our journey is like theirs. We're in a wilderness and we're trusting God as we go through the wilderness that he'll, he'll provide for us, he'll protect us, right? He'll, and he'll, he'll take care of us because he's our father. So this is our journey, okay? And on our journey, we want to try to add people to our family. Amen. By being a light to those that are in darkness, okay? Therefore, verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, watch this, he's writing to us, the church. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. Does God get angry? Yes, he does. I've had God get angry at me. But it's a good angry. It's an angry that brings discipline, an angry that brings conviction. It's a good angry, an angry that brings you to your knees with humility and reverence. We can act like, I mean, if you want, we can. That's the thing about life. We carry an Adamic nature. We carry this stupid body that, that gives us fits every day. It challenges everything that is good on the inside of us. He goes on and says this. I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they've not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So beware, brethren, here's the warning, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief 
in departing from the living God by ceasing to follow him fully. Today, and again, it's just the way, see, Carl, I, I believe, and I'm talking here to the choir tonight, and I, I just want you to know how, how blessed God is to have you gather together tonight, because you come to learn. You didn't come out of tradition. You didn't come to do the three Hail Marys. You came to sit under the word of God so you could learn how to be stronger as a believer. Come on. So, or you could bear more of God's image in your life. That's why you're here tonight, and God's pleased with that. But we live in a time where Jesus said it, the apostle, what well, Jesus said it, a couple of places where he said, the distractions would be distractions of the age. We have more distractions today than ever before. And it just, it is. But that doesn't excuse us from staying focused and committed to God. Because God graces you for whatever you face. You just have to make the, wrong, the right choices. Amen. So he says, so beware and exhort. The word exhort means encourage and console one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So today we've got something called the deceitfulness of sin. What does that even mean? Sin is so, sin is so well colored today. Hollywood makes sin look so glamorous. But every, everything about sin is death. Everything about it. Whether you're sleeping together, whether you're lusting after, you know, your neighbor's lady, you know, or whether you're coveting someone's house or whether you're, you know what I'm saying? What, I mean, it's just a constant, the warfare is out there. It's just constantly. Or you can have what you want. No, I want what God wants. And so because of that, because of that distraction, and I've done, we talked to a lot of pastors, and it's, it's the same all over. People now today, Christians, born-again, spiritual Christians, believe that going to church twice a month. I'm not talking about, see, we used to go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We'd have prayers Friday night, and there was something going all the time. Yeah, we got, we got wore out. But anyway, we still had things going. Where now, it's, they go to church twice a month, and they're faithful. That's, to them, that's faithfulness. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not here to put down. I love people. I'm just that by, by that kind of perspective, you're not going to have the spiritual foundation to confront and conquer the things that come against you. You just won't have it. You just won't have it. Verse 14. So if, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God or being in full agreement with his word, just as firmly as when we first believed, we shall share in all that belongs to Christ. So remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? Uh, I mean, they should have been the ones that, oh, I mean, I've ne we have never seen such supernatural uh, um, displays of God's power. Wow, we will never doubt him. And so because of what they knew, they were even held at a greater place of accountability. And so, so remember, wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt and who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned or, or who committed the sin of unbelief, whose corpuses uh, lay in the wilderness? 
And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Now, I've preached this through the years, and, and it really is true that there is a rest for the people of God. I used to get so confused when I read Hebrews, the fourth chapter. In fact, the fourth chapter, I'll just read that. This, this is the first two verses out of the next chapter, or it's just a continued thought from the last one, okay? God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news, say good news, that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them there way back in the wilderness. But it didn't do them any good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So my point in bringing this all up is that there is a rest for you. What is the rest? Trust in God. What is the rest? Just simply knowing that he already has your future laid out, planned out, and provided for. Amen? See, for us... I think it's Stan and I, you know, we're, we, we've been serving God a long time. Him, probably longer than I have. Not much longer, but so we've already proven that God takes care of us. Now, has it been easy? Absolutely not. Has, has it been frustrating and challenging and uh, discouraging and hard um, seasons, difficult? Absolutely. We've been through them all. We've experienced loss. Uh, being a pastor is such a great reward, but we suffered. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a child go astray, but man, when you get people into your, into your life and they become part of your family, they become your children, and, and just like that, they divorce you and they uproot and take off. It just tears at your heart. It just rips life out of you. It's like Mark. I told Mark, when you lost your, your precious wife, half of you left you. Half of you left. Because when you get married, you two become one flesh. So I told him, I said, there's gonna, you know, there, there'll be this journey of, uh, uh, of, of loneliness. Or, but I said, don't isolate yourself. Amen. You stay around. You stay around people. And, and some of you that are his friends, hook up with them and take them for dinner and stuff. I mean, we, got, we need one another. Amen. Great preacher years ago said this in a message. He says, don't look to the bigness of your need. Look to the bigness of your God. Can I have an amen? Oh my. Let's stand. I want to pray for you tonight. I hope you got something out of this. But without faith, it's impossible to be in full agreement with God. Full agreement with God. So when God said something about you, that's your opportunity to be in full agreement with him, even though everything in the natural doesn't look like it's going that way. I've learned a lot through the years. I didn't learn quick enough. I didn't learn quick enough. Sometimes, I mean, I just, that's just me. So that's why you, we value your prayers. Sometimes I think I've, I've hurt more people than I've helped. Just because, you know, you bring your culture into your Christianity and, you know, when you come up to pastor, you don't know a clue. You know nothing about pastor. All you got is a call in your life. And then you have to walk this thing out. And it, it, it's just, um, wow, some great highs and extremely great lows. But God is faithful. We look back now, 50 years of serving God, we, he has been so faithful. 
Even in the midst of the mistakes we make, he's faithful. Your part is just stay with him. Stay in full agreement with him. Just why don't you look up to heaven and lift your hands up. Just begin to bless him. Just tell, him you, tell him you love him. Tell him you appreciate him. Give him praise that he's your provider, your protection. Give him praise that he gave you the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. Give him praise that you're saved. Give him praise tonight that you're healed. Give him praise by faith. If you've been down, give him praise, hallelujah, that he is the, he is the glory and the lifter of your head, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Father, I just pray for each and every one here tonight that have come to sit under your word. God, we want to be in full agreement with you. We want God to be in full agreement with your word. And Father, as we've been just listening and learning, God, I praise you that faith still comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Lord, for everyone that is out there tonight that's just dealing with heart issues, Father, I pray right now, God, if there's hardness, just repent. If you've gotten a hard heart, you've become cynical, you've become critical, just repent right now before the Lord tonight. He can't work in that kind of environment. He can only work in a re, re, an environment of humility and reverence and worship. Uh, that's what he works in. So, Father, I pray for those that are facing difficulties right now. I speak grace, grace over them, God. And I ask you, God, that your spirit will rise up big on the inside of them. As they open the Bible, God, they'll receive a word from heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, manna from heaven to strengthen them, to bless them, to God, to carry them forward, Lord. I pray, God, for healing in relationships tonight. I pray for healing in bodies tonight. Come on, everybody, give him praise for this. If, even if you're not sick, give him praise that people around you are getting healed. Father, we receive your grace, your love, your mercy, your kindness, your forgiveness. We receive the cleansing power of your blood. Come on, everybody, give him praise. And Father, I pray, God, that, that God, your precious Holy Spirit, will just get our attention each and every day and discipline us and teach us and guide us. And Father, we'll always be careful to give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. 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 We'll give God a good shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.